Hey guys, welcome or welcome back to You Learn Something New Every Day with Chloe Vetter. I am your host, my name is Chloe, and thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you for clicking on this episode. Before we dive in, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, make sure you follow so you don't miss an episode in the future, make sure you rate it five stars, it really helps me out, it really means a lot. And if you have a moment, you can write a review. That also would help me out, and that also would mean a lot to me. And in addition, if you want to reach out to me, let me know any comments, questions, concerns, feedback, ideas for topics that you want me to discuss. I'm open to it all. You can message me on Instagram. My Instagram is chloe.vetter, C-H-L-O-E dot V as in Victor, E-T-T-E-R. Follow me on there. Message me anything you want. And yeah, with all that out of the way, what's up? I hope everyone's doing well. I hope you're all having a good day, good evening, whenever you're listening to this. And I know it's been a few weeks since I uploaded. I, like, my life (laughs) right now is just insane. But it's okay. Like, Virgo season really was a trip and a half. Like, I don't know what the hell it was. I mean, there was what? Like, six planets in retrograde and, like, Mercury was one of them. So... I don't know. Like, the energy was weird. I feel like I've been just anxious as shit. Um, Work's been crazy. My personal life's been crazy. My therapy, inner healing life has been crazy. Like, all of it. And, like, I'm so excited to talk about all the stuff that I've been learning in therapy with you guys. But that's for another day because I'm still kind of, like, processing that. But um, I'm very, very, very excited for today's episode because I knew that this episode was coming a long time ago when I got this book. Um, I've done this once before where I did a series on a book and I'm going to do it again. So this is the first episode of however many episodes I'm going to do on this book. I'll probably try to take it like chapter by chapter, see how that goes. Um, The last series that I did like this was on the book The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson and I love that book and I loved those episodes and I got some good feedback on it. You guys seem to really enjoy it. And so I'm going to do it on another book that I love. Uh, This book is called Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. And I love Jay Shetty. He's one of my favorite podcasters ever. His podcast is called On Purpose and he has he I like what he does he does like every other episode a solo episode and then every other episode is like he has a guest on and he has so many amazing guests on and they're all people that like he has a great conversation with and it's just he's a very insightful guy and he clearly was a monk for a few years and I mean we'll we'll get into it and you can, of course, you know, listen to his podcast yourself and check out his book him- yourself. Um, but I just wanted to go through and kind of like take note of the things that I highlighted in the book that stood out to me that like, you know, and how it resonated with me. Um, and I want to hear your thoughts as well. So if you've read this book, like, let's talk about it. I'd love to. Um, before we do dive in, I want to share what I learned today. So if you're new here, Hence the title of this podcast, I like to share one thing that I learned that day that I'm recording the podcast because I know it's a cliche, but cliches are cliches for a reason. When you are practicing mindfulness and when you are being present in your day-to-day life, 
you find that you really do learn something new every day. It's not always a big light bulb moment. It's not always a big epiphany. It's not always the most relevant piece of information, or at least at the time. Sometimes you learn something that in the moment, you're like, when am I ever going to use this? And then 10 years later, you're like using the information, you know, so you just never know. And all the little pieces of information that we collect, all the little bits of knowledge and wisdom that we attain over the years, like it all adds up and it all makes us into who we are and how we perceive the world. So it's very important to be present. And I know that's easier said than done. And I know we're not taught how to do it. So remember that it's it's called practicing mindfulness because it's a practice. So give yourself some grace and just see what you can learn today. Just take note of what goes on around you, the things that you hear, the things that you see. Um, so what I learned today, oh my goodness. Well, so I technically didn't learn this like today, um, but this has been what, like the past week, this has been a big stressor of mine. And I'm I'm very aware that like this is a first world problem and I'm very aware that there are bigger issues in the world, but this is something basically what I'm saying is like my transmission in my car is done I need a new one and it would cost more to get a transmission than I bought the car itself for so I'm new car shopping and money is something that stresses me out a lot and it's I've made a lot of progress with my mindset revolving around money but it still stresses me out uh, and like, you know, when it's something with your car, like I've had so many car issues in the past. Like, it's just, it's a, it's a stability thing too, you know, like, and every time I'm driving my car the past two weeks, like I can feel my transmission getting worse and it's slipping a lot. And my first car, my transmission failed on me as I was merging onto the highway. Like I know what it feels like when a transmission is, you know, on its last leg and so it's just I have a lot of anxiety like I work and I have to go to work like I'll go like twice a day like I do a lot of split days where I'm there in the morning and then in the evening and just driving every time I get in my car like I'm just so anxious and stressed out and I just feel very out of control and I feel very I feel very clueless and dumb. Like, I feel like for a 20-year-old female, I I feel like I know a decent amount about cars, like, more than one might think. But, like, I don't know a lot at the end of the day. I've never, like, bought a car from a dealership. I've never, like, financed one. And, like, I'm coming to terms that, like, that's going to have to happen because, like, I don't have a credit card because I haven't been able to get one like I've applied for a few and everywhere would like deny me and I really don't know why because like I have an income and like I, I make an income I like I don't I don't know I, I that's a whole other thing I don't know but so it, it's in a, in a way I'm trying to be look on the positive side and this is going to be an opportunity for me to start you know just building a line of credit and you know just do something that is very out of my comfort zone very stressful for me but you know I'm going to learn a lot from this. So today I'm actually, I learned like last week that my transmission is like on its last leg. And so I was like, all right, like, you know, I got to start looking. So I looked at, I looked online at a lot of places and then I was looking on CarMax uh, or in CarMax. Like I went in person a few days ago and today I have an appointment to get an offer on my current car and to test drive a few other cars so 
yeah, hopefully, hopefully I can get that sooner than later. Um, it'll be an investment, but I, the past two cars were both like, you know, I just kind of got it from someone and I just, it, it's clearly just costing me more in the long run. So I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to come to terms with the fact that I have to spend more than I would want to, but at the end of the day, it's probably going to save me a lot of money because I'm 20 years old. This is the third car I have to buy. Like what the hell, you know, <laughs> I'm tired of all these transmission issues. So anyway, that's what I learned. That's where I'm at. I'm about to learn a lot more today. And I mean, I'm anxious as shit, but like, I'm excited to, you know, just learn whatever lesson needs to be learned. But anyway, that's what I learned. Um, I hope you guys have learned something today. Maybe take a moment to just think about it. And then let's dive into this first chapter of Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. So before before the first chapter really starts, he does have a little introduction. And, you know, to explain, introduce himself and explain kind of his how his journey started. And he one of the first things that he brings up and he talks about some of this stuff in his podcast too that's why I love his podcast as well um a lot of it ties together he brings up this ancient buddhist concept where there's like your they call it your monk mind and your monkey mind and your monkey mind is like that's like the human part of you like your monkey mind is you know overwhelmed they kind of coast you kind of coast in the passenger seat it complains it compares it criticizes it overthinks it procrastinates it gets distracted easily it looks for that short-term gratification it's very demanding it gets distracted easily and it's very entitled and you know like kind of changes on a whim that's the monkey mind and then there's your monk mind, which is the part of you that's focused on, you know, the root of the issue, you know, that the part that lives intentionally, the part that lives consciously, that's compassionate, that's caring, that's collaborative, the part that analyzes and articulates, the part that is disciplined, the part that looks for the long-term gain, the part that is patient, that's determined, that's enthusiastic, the part that commits to a mission or a goal. So that's kind of the difference between the two. And he brings this up to kind of point out, like, you can be in either one of these. And on what page? I mean, it was in the introduction, so it was like one of the first few pages. But he wrote, like, our minds can either elevate us or pull us down. And this is a great example. Like, you can either be in the monkey mindset where you know, it's pulling you down or you can be in the monk mindset where you're being elevated. So in chapter one, the first chapter is called identity and underneath of it, he has, I am what I think I am. And he brings up the concept on page three. Uh, there is a sociologist in 1902. His name is Charles Horton Cooley. He wrote, I am not what I think I am. I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. So I know that's like kind of like you got to think about that for a second. So let me say it again. 
Again, this was written by Charles Cooley. I am not what I think I am. I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. So he brings this up to say, like, our identity is really wrapped up in what we think others think of us. And a lot of our efforts at, you know, like, self-improvement are really just kind of us trying to, like, meet the imagined ideal of the other person. On page four, Jay Shetty writes, we try to live up to what we think others think of us, even at the expense of our own values. And he brings us up to kind of say, like, you know, we're always, we're always acting because of how we think others will perceive us. And it's silly because, I mean, just like Cooley wrote, like, I'm not what I think I am. I'm not what you think I am. Like, it's not actually what they think you are. It's just what you think they think. And on page five, Jay Shetty wrote, we live in a perception of a perception of ourselves and we've lost our real selves as a result. And I don't know, this just like really, like chapter one, he just goes, he's like, all right, we're getting right to it. And I don't know about you guys, but like I really understood that and I really resonated with that. And I feel like I definitely kind of like looking back, like was like, oh yeah, I've definitely done that before, you know, like I've definitely done things and said things because I thought that's what the other person thought that I should do or that they wanted. And it's weird because it's like, it's not actually what they want it's not actually what they think it could be but like you don't know because you're not asking you're just kind of assuming so jay brings this up to let everyone know basically like that if you want to find yourself you've got to filter out the noise and you have to tune into where your values come from A lot of us hold these morals and these values that were just kind of like ingrained in us from childhood. You know, we just kind of got passed down. Whatever people we were surrounded with, we just kind of picked up on those, you know, because when you're a child, like you don't really question it. Like if it's right or wrong to value whatever it is, you know, if you have parents or a guardian or siblings or just people that you are so you know supposedly looking up towards and relying on if they're telling you this is how it is you're going to believe them and eventually you get to this age where it's like you can make your own so you got to start with tuning into first of all just what your values are and then you have to figure out where they come from in the first place like did you come up with that value or did your parents just pass it down to you you've got to tune into the purpose that the value serves and then of course if it's true to you you know if it's not true to you you don't need to hold on to that and then in addition if there are values that you don't have necessarily but you feel like would you know be true to you and would serve you then you know start to learn how to incorporate those Start to surround yourself with people that have those same values. 
On page 11, Jay Shetty wrote, When we tune out the opinions, expectations, and obligations of the world around us, we begin to hear ourselves. And, I mean, that's that's kind of that... that I, I really resonated with this because I feel like that's that journey, that's that path that I'm on right now. Like, I'm in that point where I... It's almost been a year of me living outside of under you know my dad's roof and I mean years before that it was my mom and my dad and then it was just me and my dad but it's almost been a year of me you know like not living under one of my parents roof and not being in the same neighborhood that I grew up in not being around the same exact people and you know I've kind of been able to like like just like what Jay Shetty wrote like I'm able I was able to kind of tune out all the opinions expectations and obligations of the world that I was in the world that I grew up in and I'm able to kind of like hear my voice clearly and kind of tune in with okay what do I actually want like what do I actually care about and there are just things that I would do or things that I would say things that I would think where I was like I don't even know like why was I I don't even care about that why was I stressing about it or like I I felt the opposite or I actually really cared about something and I didn't I acted like I didn't why did I do that you know so you've got to create space to explore your mind you've got to create space and silence you've got to you've got to clear out all the external noise because the real noise that matters is the internal one on page 12, Jay Shetty wrote, Another way to create space is to take stock of how we are filling the space that we have and whether those choices reflect our true values. I'll say that again. Again, this is on page 12. Another way to create space is to take stock of how we are fulfilling. Well, not how we are fulfilling. Let me Let me start that again. I'm sorry. Third time's a charm, right? Another way to create space is to take stock of how we are filling the space that we have and whether those choices reflect our true values. So, in addition to, like, you know, not you don't just want to, like, tune out the noise, like, outside. You don't want to just fully, like, detach because, like, to an extent, that's not really, like, that's not healthy, you know? Like, you can't just turn it off and ignore it. It's more, like you've got to also take, like, create the space, right? Hear yourself, and then think about what you had to make space from, like, what opinions, what people, what values you had to distance yourself from. Take a look at those and just kind of, just kind of tune in and think about why you had to create that distance in the first place and whether or not those choices have you know like reflected who you truly are and your values and what you're trying to do and then you can kind of go from there and you can decide if you want to bring any of those opinions or those values back because not all of the external noise is bad it's only it only gets toxic for lack of a better term if if it's overruling 
what you truly need and what you truly deserve. But the only way to find out what you truly need and deserve is by looking inward. So you have to, even if it's not a toxic environment or maybe it's someone, they're giving you their opinion, they're giving you advice, they're not coming from a bad place, they have great intentions, but that doesn't, that still doesn't take away from the fact that you can't, like you, you need to have space for yourself as well. Because at the end of the day, like you only, it's, it's you and yourself, you know, you are the most permanent thing in your life. You are, you should be your most important project in this world. So remember that just because you have to distance yourself and make space doesn't mean that you can't close that space back up. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't have, that distance doesn't have to be forever. You don't have to cut everyone off and never talk to anyone again. You can distance yourself from people. You can give yourself a time to go in hermit mode and just tune in with what you need. And the world will be there for when you're ready to return to it. And you can return to it even better because you can return to the things that serve you and you don't have to return to the things that don't serve you. On page 12, Jay Shetty wrote, no matter what you think your values are, your actions tell the real story. So that's another thing that I feel like, you know, a lot of us kind of subconsciously know. I think it's very tough for some people to admit when, especially when they know that their actions aren't lining up with what they're saying. And I mean, that's just, it's just basically another way of saying like, you know, you can say whatever you want, but if you're not doing what you're saying, your words don't have any meaning. Like, you can say that you have all these values. You can tell yourself that you have all these values. Like, you can fully convince yourself that you value certain things, but your actions are what is actually going to show you if it's true to you or not, if it's real or not, if you actually mean it. Once you figure out your values, you've got to evaluate your choice if your choices and your actions are in alignment so once you create that space once you're able to kind of look inward once you find the values that are true to you then you've got to look at your actions and the thing is this only works if you're honest with yourself and trust me i i know it is so hard when you know that you're not doing what you're quote-unquote supposed to be doing you know deep down if your actions and your choices are in alignment with what you say your values are. You know. You know the answer. You might not accept it. You might not admit it to yourself. But deep down, you know the answer. So take a look at your actions. Take a look at those choices that you're making in a day-to-day life. Take a look at the people you're surrounding yourself with. The environment that you surround yourself in. Because that's what is telling the real story. So, in this chapter, really, like, what I got out of it is, like, Shetty's just encouraging you to filter out opinions, the expectations, the obligations, and the key word is filter, all right? Like I said earlier, you're not blocking them. You're not permanently cutting yourself off. You're just filtering them. You're being mindful of them. You're letting them pass through and you're evaluating, you know, whether it's true to you or not.
once you can hear yourself, you can then start to invite them back in, right? And the thing is, the cool thing is, you can only, you only have to invite the ones that are serving you. You don't have to bring back all the opinions, expectations, and obligations. It's just the ones that you want to. And now that you know what you want and what you need, it'll be easier to, you know, act accordingly. When you're stuck on determining if a value of yours or if a value is yours or not, something that can help. Shetty wrote this on page 19. Does this fit my chosen values or those that others have selected for me? So going back to the beginning of the chapter, like, are you, are you valuing stuff that's true to you or are you valuing it because you think other people want you to value it? So again, ask yourself, like, does this fit my chosen values or those that others have selected for me? Are you just going along with what your parents taught you? Are you just going along with what your friends believe? Or is it true to you? On page 19, Shetty wrote, When you give yourself the space and stillness, you can clear the dust and see yourself, not through others' eyes, but from within. So, what I got from this chapter is just how important it is to have the alone time, to have time for you and you. Because clearly, like, your relationship with yourself determines ultimately your relationship with anyone or anything else. And when you're able to, like he words it, like kind of let the, you know, clear the dust out, clear out the noise, clear out the clutter, you're able to see what's really there and you're able to ask yourself, you know, like, what do you need? What do you, what do you want? And it's tough because some of us might have grown up never being asked what you actually want or need. So it is an uncomfortable feeling. It's it's different, it's new. But once you kind of get past that discomfort and you start to hear what you have to say and like your inner child is able to feel safe and come out and express what it needs, you're able to act accordingly and you just you're able to act in a way that's truly fulfilling to you that actually you know elevates you as a human and elevates the rest of your experiences and it allows you to make decisions that are right for you in the sense of like who you just who who you are like who you surround yourself with the content that you consume the the things that you do the environment that you're in like how you live your day-to-day -day life so I don't know, I really, really enjoyed this book, and I really enjoyed this first chapter, like, I remember reading, like, opening it and just being like, damn, like, first page, he was just like, alright, 
here's how it is. And yeah, and the, the whole rest of the book is just as great. So I'm really excited for the series. Uh, let me know what you guys thought about this episode or any other episode. Let me know if you've read this book, what you thought about it. We can talk about it. I love it. And yeah, I'll be back next Friday for chapter two. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And if not, hey, the sun will rise and we will try again. Thank you guys so much. I'll see you all next Friday with another episode. Peace out.